I thought I wasn't smart enough. I thought I wasn't talented enough. I thought I wasn't working hard enough, but God damn it, I was so much more than enough. This is Lindsay Karras Stencil, and thanks again for joining us on this week of episode two of the Be Boulder Micro Podcast. In this podcast, we take a look each week at the hard realities of work, life, and functioning within the porn hustle culture, and what it takes and means for you to live boldly and care for yourself within those chaotic systems. Last week, we covered off first five of what I like to call my bolden rules. And as a refresher, those are as follows. One, don't fuck with my money or the money of the companies that I'm working with. Two, be kind. Three, work hard. Four, surround yourself with dope ass people. And rule five, obviously, be bold. (laughs) Now we proceed down the path to round out that top 10. As a reminder, these are my and my team's rules and they may mean or be different to you. But at the end of the day, if you want to live authentically and boldly as you, you need to know and understand and consistently apply your rules in your life. So let's get into it. Rule six, know yourself, know your worth, right? So in all seriousness, it's easy to objectively say you know yourself and you know your worth. It's easy to know or at least assume your objective value. You've worked for X years or you have whatever skills or you have whatever degrees. So your monetary value, you know, are told by the systems around you is Y dollars. But it's so much more than that. It's knowing how you should be treated. It's knowing the boundaries of how people should interact and demanding the respect that you deserve. It's the timeliness of responses. It's the tone of responses to you. If people really value you, not only are they going to pay you what you are worth, but they're going to treat you the way that you deserve to be treated. And that's not just in the working world. Fun fact, that's in your life in totality, right? And now for some real talk. If it's your personal relationships, if someone doesn't text you back in a timely way, or they randomly send you nasty dissertation style messages about how you're horrible or whatever other friggin' nonsense that's hurtful and upsetting, you need to know how and what effort to apply to those people and that they don't deserve to be in your life. It takes 20 seconds to respond to a text message. So if someone ghosts on you for days at a time, You're not worth 20 seconds to them, but you to yourself know you are worth so much more than that. So stop fucking around and waiting for a response and move on. And I don't care if this is in a relationship, if it's in a work context, like if someone's going to be ghosting on you like this, fuck them, move on to the next one. Also for the person who thinks it's okay to send you nasty, horrible messages that you have to scroll and scroll and scroll through, that person is clearly going through something and you need to not be playing into that level of toxicity, right? So I once had someone, for example, who would randomly send me those scroll style text messages about how I was a horrible person and how bad everything that I did and I and every 
issue within an organization was my fault. But you know what I did with the message? I ignored it. I actually didn't read it at all. (laughs) And I would just respond, hey, let me get back to you after I have time to digest this and I'll respond to you in an email. Here's the thing. I just never responded. I didn't bite into this kind of crap and nonsense because quite honestly, that's what they wanted. They wanted the reaction. They wanted to, you know, poke at me and make me feel less than. But I know my worth. And I also knew that that message wasn't actually about me right? And that's, that's maturity folks. (laughs) But I knew that that message was about those person, they were just struggling, they were trying to find their pathway through life. And they were becoming really toxic because of it. But that was something that they needed to work through. But I also knew I wasn't going to make myself feel less than because they couldn't get their shit together. So here's some additional real truth and real talk. In the workplace, people are willing to pay you less than than you are worth, and they're hoping and banking on the fact that you are going to take that and that you don't actually know what your worth is. I will tell you this. The people that you want to work with in your life are the people who try to always stay one or two steps ahead of where you're kind of sitting in your head thinking like, hey, I'd be really stoked and feel really valued if the best leaders and the best organizations think two chess pieces ahead of that, two chess moves ahead of that, right? They are thinking not only how do I keep them super happy, but how do I keep them so happy that they never want to leave here? So find those places, find those people. I will tell you early on in my career, I worked for way less than I was worth. Why? Because I didn't know my worth and I didn't respect myself enough. I thought I wasn't smart enough. I thought I wasn't talented enough. I thought I wasn't working hard enough, but God damn it, I was so much more than enough. Fast forward about a decade and you know damn well that I know and demand my worth in whatever scenario that I am in. Don't let people treat you less than. I know I don't. You don't want to text or call me back. Fuck you. You know, you don't, you want to disrespect me by sending me a shit message about how horrible of a person I am. Fuck you. I don't need that in my life, right? And you don't either. You want to pay me less than I'm worth? I don't need you as a client. I don't. If you want to fight with me about you don't think I'm worth whatever, cool. Go to the other people who are cheaper than me, watch them fuck up your work. And guess what? You'll come back to me and I'll have to fix it anyway. I know what I'm worth. If you don't like it, you don't feel that that's on you. Cool. Cool. I know myself. I know my worth and you need to too. Rule seven here. I do have a couple fun rules because pretty playful little soul. If you get to know me in the words of the father and stepbrothers, don't lose your dinosaur. And I've never lost my dinosaur. (laughs) So rule number seven is no meetings after 2 p.m. on a Friday or before 10 a.m. ever. Okay, ever. Unless there's food or it brings me joy. And so knowing yourself includes knowing when you're at your best and as just as importantly, knowing when you're at your worst. It's also knowing boundaries on your time to reduce stress, exhaustion, illness, all of those things. For me, that just so happens to be after 2 p.m. on a Friday and before 10 a.m. basically ever. I know that I'm borderline useless, 
on deep thought-oriented tasks after 2 p.m. on a Friday. I've usually worked 70 hours by that time. I've gone through you know, multiple gyrations and hundreds, if not thousands of micro decisions. And I just start to run out of steam. I think most people do too, honestly. So for me, I reserve that time for the simple stuff, email cleanup, just small tasks that I need to get done, but they don't require a lot of brain power. And honestly, sometimes I just throw in the towel. That doesn't make me lazy. Um, It's just that I know me and what's best for me and ultimately best for my clients and my team members because I'm not just this you know vegetable sitting there staring at them instead of actually contributing or adding value to their lives. And if we're all really honest, who wants to have a meeting after 2 p.m. on a Friday anyway? Quite candidly, I think it's abusive to people and I just won't do it. Also, I don't meet before 10 a.m. ever. Again, not lazy, just won't do it. I actually get up between 4.30 and 5 a.m. naturally. Fun facts about Lindsay, I hate alarm clocks. I will not use an alarm clock. I find the sound offensive and it pisses me off and puts me in a bad spot for the day. But I wake up very naturally between 4.30 and 5 a.m. every day and I sort of slow burn and ease on into my day. I don't rush it. I actually don't physically get out of my bed until about six o'clock in the morning. I get up, I take care of the doggos, I eat breakfast, I work out, I get ready, and then I'm ready to deal with the day. Anything that accelerates that and that ease of mind into the day makes me anxious, it causes me stress, it puts me in just a shitty bad spot for the day. And so I've decided no meetings before 10 a.m. for me. Why? Because I just know myself going back to rule six. Exception though, (laughs) if I show up after 2 p.m. on a Friday or before 10 a.m. ever, (laughs) I will do it for food and I will do it if it brings me joy. Uh, If it's something non-stressful and fun, I'm happy to do it. If not, I won't and it's that simple. You can ask plenty of colleagues who've reached out to me and they'll say, I'd like to schedule a meeting at 8.30 in the morning with you. And I say, that's nice. I don't take meetings that early. You can schedule it at 10. And honestly, why? I'm worth it. We all are. We're all worth setting these boundaries that allow ourselves to be more productive and happier and healthier. So why not do it? Rule eight, another fun one. (laughs) If you know me and if you've ever texted or emailed with me, you know this. Memes are always the answer. I often find in law and finance that people take everything far too seriously. Look, there's a time and a place to be serious. There's a time and a place to do what I say in rule three, which is work really hard, but it's not always. And quite honestly, it's inauthentic if you're a serious potato all the goddamn time, okay? Um, No one wants to really actually interact with you if you're acting or interacting with them like fucking robot, okay? I don't want to talk to you if you're mechanically answering questions to me. That's not a real interaction. I don't have time for that shit in my life. I want to get to know someone on a real human level. Like, I want to feel what they're feeling. I want to know what makes them tick. Don't sit here and come at me and, what was your weekend like? I don't, I'm not going to answer you, okay? And if I do, I'm going to respond with a meme. And, and you'll get that. At the end of the day, I think we just need to have more fun in work. We get one go round this time at the universe, right? In this body, with this soul, whatever else, okay? 
Why not have a little bit more fun with it? The universe wants us to be playful. We come into this world as these beautiful, pure, playful little beings. And then all of this conditioning in the world of telling us how we need to be just fucks it all up. But not me and not the teams that I work with. We get shit done. We wrap it up with memes or gifs or just make it fun. However, we're going to do that. Whoever said work needs to always be painful and hyper serious. I don't know who that person is or those people who they are, but I I don't want anything to do with them, quite honestly. So in my world, in my teams, you know, if we respond to, we respond to poor investment asks with memes like, nah, dog, you know, Randy Jackson, you know, from American Idol or whatever else, or, you know, I get plenty of people uh, who try to slide into my DMs on Insta and, and LinkedIn and otherwise, they get some pretty awesome memes and gifts too. And if we like something or like someone, we're going to respond the same way with something that we're super excited about and a gift that like clearly tells them and lets them know, hey, we enjoyed this. We appreciate it. Side note, just avoid getting an email from me where I sign off and I just say, anyways, comma, LKS. Because if you got one of those, you've done right, pissed me off and I don't have time for you anymore. Now, shifting back to the less lighthearted of the rule set, A-B-L, rule number nine, always be learning. The best teammates and humans that I get to interact with every single day are constantly improving themselves and they're always learning. Now, that doesn't mean that these folks have their noses stuck in books or they're constantly searching for something on the Google machine. No, this means that they're not complacent. They're always honing their craft. They're thinking about what's changing, what could be different, what could be better. They're a self-starter. They're not waiting for someone to tell them what to do and precisely how to do it, but rather they're acquiring with their own brains, their own knowledge, what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, and they're formulating the way in which they want to get it done. The best teammates are those that take pride in learning for themselves and just getting shit done. They figure out what needs to be done, they do it, and they keep organizations moving forward. Sure, that's great for the organization, right? But it's also actually really great for them because they've learned something new that, that that's now transportable for them to any other thing that they want to go do, be it in the organization, another career, whatever. So it's beneficial not just for you, but for them to go and do these things. And, and and for me, I don't actually know how to identify these people who can just figure it out and get shit done. Sure, you can tell me you have this always wanting to be learning skill in a job interview. And it's just sort of one of those things that I kind of figure out over time. Do you have it or do you not have it? And, and quite honestly, I, I think I bat like, I don't know, 500 here, right? Like I think I get it right sometimes with people when I pick them on teams and then other times I just, I don't. (laughs) And those are the people that I desperately, the ones who are those self-starters that they're always learning. I desperately, I will bend over backwards to keep those people on my teams and you should too, right? I will say, however, that a weakness of mine is certainly a lack of patience for people who can't or won't do this, who can't be a self-starter, who can't be a self-learner. You know, for me, I came into venture capital at a time in the Midwest when the Midwest was just learning what venture capital was. So there was no one to teach me. There was no group of VCs or lawyers or investors or whatever that had done this in times past for me to, to learn from. I had to learn what was happening in other regions of the country and take that and apply it, a Midwestern mentality. And on top of it, I was fresh out of law school and green as can be. 
trying to figure out how to play lawyer. So the amount of figuring it out that I had to do was just friggin' off the charts. But I did it and I taught myself all of the nuances of VC and the law in the space that I sit in simultaneously. So it was super challenging, but it was also really fun. And I did it. And it's a skill set that now I've been able to transport through multiple positions and careers. And it's been wild and awesome. But like, that's mine, I earned it. And I'm super grateful that I did. And I just want people to do the same. The problem is that I expect everyone to do the same. Maybe not to the degree that I had to, but I do expect people that they can figure something out or how to get something done when, you know, when they're working on it. So when someone doesn't do that, or they can't do that, or they simply just won't do it for whatever reason, I just can't with them. You know, call it an issue of patience with me, that's an issue for me, or or call it a life standard and, and just a rule that I have. But I expect people to always be learning and figure out how to get shit done. I expect people to be a self-starter. And if they can't, I don't dislike them as humans. I just don't want them on my work teams. And for the final of the 10 first of the Bolton rules I'll cover, just as it's important to get shit done, work really hard, like we talked about in rule three, being away from work is really important too. Rule 10. When you're out of the office, you're out of the office. So I did not take a vacation from July of 2013 till May of 2017. And that, my friends, was idiotic. I never rested. And more significantly, I never took time away from my email. And I was just constantly thinking. And when I did take time away for the first time in May of uh, 2017, It was so amazing, not so much to not be answering emails for five glorious days while I played on the beach, but more significantly, it was after I returned, I saw myself thinking more clearly, being more creative, because I'd allowed myself, or said differently, given myself permission to rest and take time away. So then it clicked for me, right? Time out of the office is so important, and when I'm out of the office, I need to be out of the office. So let's be real. Unless you're representing someone who is awaiting an execution stay on death row, when you should absolutely be answering your phone, your email, whatever, because someone's life is actually in your hands. Nothing is so important that you can't take time away from your calls and your emails for a few days. For me, I'm in law and finance. No one's dying and nothing that wasn't already well in motion prior to my vacation is going to come crashing down. No one's dying here. So if I have teammates and team members that I can rely on for a week, five to seven days, I can 100% not look at my email or take a phone call for five to seven days and no one's going to die because of it. And guess what? You can too. And now I know what you're thinking and don't give me the bullshit about I have to, or I have to do this to get ahead or whatever other horseshit you're telling yourself right now, because I will tell you this. Sure, you're temporarily cleaning out your inbox. Good job. You're temporarily answering an email when you're on vacation and making yourself, you know, look at you, you martyr, really helping out the team and the organization, really trying to, quote, get ahead. But what you're actually doing is a disservice to yourself because you're not resting. You're not giving yourself space to think. You're not allowing yourself to have time to be more creative by giving yourself some of that space. So I will 
actually fight you <laughs> and tell you that you're setting yourself back by actually answering your emails on vacation. You need to take the time away. And if you're not, you're just, you're setting yourself back and you're setting shitty boundaries for yourself to boot. And I think you're better than that. So we've run through some of the bolded rules and obviously there's always more of those, but I think it's important for everyone to determine their own rules in their life because mine work for me, but a variation or a deviation of those might be what works best for you. Next week, we start to get into some fun stuff about asking for what you want really, really boldly. That's about knowing what you want, boldly asking for it, and then not being shocked when you get it and having to figure out how to deal with that and make sure that the thing that you asked for, you're really ready for and you're ready to accelerate and run with. Thanks for joining and don't forget to subscribe, rate, or leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Join our community on Insta at BeBolderCast and look out for our blog coming soon at TheBolderLife.com. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget, don't be bold, be bolder.